today was our best game of the year. Um, so defensively, we rebound the basketball, which was all the way coming back from Maui. We worked on it a lot. So the guys did a really good job um, addressing that. Um, but we shared the ball pretty well, 16 assists on 25 field goals. Um, I think everybody that came into the game gave us some contributions. Uh, I thought Claudia Coleman, even though his stat line wasn't, wasn't as big, but I thought he had a really good impact on the game. I thought he uh, came in, he gave us energy, extra passes, so he goes to bat and he drives as well. But he was really good. Um, Malik Brown, doing Malik Brown things. Um, and uh, you know, I just thought uh, overall, um, this is uh, the best, best uh, team victory we've had so far this year. Well, it's the best for now. <laughs> That's the best I've seen since uh, I've been here since two years. This is by far his best game. Um, you know, I thought he, you know, he really kept us in, kept us in, in the first half, getting to the foul line, staying attacking, staying aggressive. I thought defensively today was one of his more better side days where he did the game and he kept people in front. Um, and, and when he does that, he just kind of sets the tone for our defense. Um, but I just thought he was really good today. I mean, I thought we did a good job of getting us some shots. Uh, I thought our defense kind of stayed ahead of that when we got out. The transition, I think we made up um, some extra, um, great extra passes. You know, JT gave up one, gave it back. Uh, you know, Cardia had one. I thought we really shared the ball and, and the ball found us. And I always tell Chris, you know, when you have that energy, you're getting out and running. Energy, ball finds energy. Uh, and I thought we did a good job of finding him. You know, again, he's an elite shooter. Um, he gets a little bit most of the time he's going to make him. Coach, you mentioned putting yourself in it. It seems like every single time you come into a game, there is that spark of energy that you guys go on and run. How crucial is that for your team to have a guy like that come up with? I think every, every team, you know, wants a guy that can bring energy. You know, when you talk about any type of team sport, you know, energy is it's a common, common word. I mean, you got a guy that can naturally do it. Um, and to the lead ground, um, you know, and we get you in there. You know, I, you know, I really like to think we got two units, so to speak. And, uh, again, I think when you have a guy like Friday that can just, he's so versatile. He can guard one to four. Um, you know, offensively, you know, he can get past, he can get in the lane, he can make passes. So um, it's important to have a guy like that. Coach, in the first half, uh, 12 offensive rebounds for LSU. Well, I think in the first half, that one guy, I think uh, Jalen Reed, in particular, I think he might have got three or four in one possession. So that kind of uh, ballooned it up. But he was the one guy that, that got the glass. I thought the second half, you know, again, our defense is good. So um, they missed a lot of shots and they took a lot of perimeter shots. So uh, I think we, they were spread out. So I think we were able to get to the top of the I thought that he was physical with him. I thought uh, he didn't give him any angles, uh, any anything. He made him work for everything, and uh, he stayed down. And my hand's pretty big, you know. So I thought uh, that was the first first opponent he might have seen with that size. But I thought my hand did a really good job of staying in front of him, not giving him angles, um, and making him work for everything. And I thought the league, you know, used his quickness, got around, you know, in front of him. We had really good ball players, so it was hard for them to get the 
ball and shot. I mean, that was something that we wanted to do. We made it a really, really good offensive player. We made a big part of what they um, want to do. I thought both those guys uh, did a phenomenal job tonight. What kind of player do you see? I think, you know, he's, he's getting more comfortable with, uh, you know, what we need him to do. Um, and we actually need him to do a little bit more. And I think, you know, it's taking some time. And, and, and obviously, I think our teammates, his teammates are starting to recognize that as well with what he can do um, and how valuable he is for us. And I think he can score. So we, I still think we got to try to give the ball a little bit more. But defensively, you know, when we're out there working our strength, we, you know, we're learning to the lot. He has to be there. I thought he did a good job with that today. I think it's a great, I think it's back there aggressive, you know, their defense back. Uh, at the beginning of the game, they were out, they were really aggressive, but once they got into the foul trouble, they got a couple of those guys into foul trouble. Um, you know, they just backed those guys up and, you know, we kept attacking. What makes him so good at drawing contact? You know, he, he has a, a great ability to change direction at the drop of a dime. He can move his body, uh, he can support, do all these things and hang, but he's just a crafty guy. Uh, you know, I haven't seen a lot of guys that can move like that. You know, he just kind of like a little like Barry Sanders, you know, you know the Detroit Lions. He can, just, he can go really fast and stop and accelerate. You know, he has just a uh, great control of his body. Adrian, what was the team's recovery process after coming last week, coming into the night? Well, they were a little mad today. Uh, we had to, uh, once we got back, we had a day off, and then we, you know, we tried to, uh, Keep these guys up and get back to this time. So we practiced a couple of times, uh, you know, at 6 30, 7 o'clock, um, just to kind of keep them back into the rhythm. So we just try to, you know, get back to at least the standard time as much as possible. How does a stretch of games like you just played that you mentioned, you know, Out of the 
You and Malik back when they played AAU together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we played since, together since we were like 12 years old, so our families are really close. We're kind of from the same area. Um, obviously, our great connection on and off the court, so that's my name. Yeah, I mean, what does this friendship do off the court as well? Uh, I mean, especially last year, um, you know, we're, our minutes are up and down. Uh, we're always there for each other and talk to each other. And, uh, but now, I mean, you know, we're, we're always together off the court. We're roommates, and you know, that's my guy. Thanks, Sorry if someone already asked this, what makes you such a good rebounder for you know being only what six 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 seven yeah. maybe on a good day? <laughs> yeah, I mean I think just being aggressive, going after it. Um, you know, even if I am going up against a six ten guy tonight, just 
uh, using my body, trying to box them out as well as possible. Um, of course, they're going to be able to get some around me, but uh, just being aggressive, going after it, and, it seemed like you were doing a lot of kind of that secondary playmaker tonight where Judah would drive and kick it out to you and then you would you know, do something and find Chris who was hot in the second half. Do you like playing that role? Would you rather you know be the spot-up guy? What, what suits you best? Honestly, whatever it is to help the team win. Uh, obviously, I'm always going to look for my shots, but uh, tonight when guys like Chris and Judah are hitting like that, of course, we're going to keep on looking for them. But uh, I think I said this earlier, just to, how much depth we have, how, many, how much talent we have. It's always going to be different guys each night. Um, I think that kind of was what, what makes us special. So um, I'm doing whatever our team needs to be uh, help win. I asked it to Chris and Naheem. They said, you know, the travel back was, you know, Takes a little bit of getting used to the weather after yeah. you know what we saw today. What was the weekend and getting ready for tonight like? Yeah, I mean the time change definitely affects you a little bit. Five hour difference, but um, we got back, kind of got our rest, uh, got our got our legs back in a short little practice, and um, it was good for us just to get back. Had a couple of days off and you know practice. Like I said, get our legs back and then we're ready to. Cool. Thank you, Justin. Hello, everyone. Welcome into your Orange Fizz post-game Twitter space. That was head coach Adrian Autry, forwards Justin Taylor and Chris Bell, and center Naheem McLeod after Syracuse's 80-57 win over LSU in the inaugural game of the ACC-SEC Challenge. A very, very impressive second half and win for the Orange to get it done and prove to 5-2. and two on the young season. Uh, my name is Ethan Frank. was just with you on Saturday. It was a uh, it was a big day for SU football, and today a big day for SU basketball. A whole lot to recap. I mean, got to start with Judamans. A career night for the sophomore guard. 33 points. Gets to the foul line double-digit times. A very, very impressive man. And Chris Bell into the 20-point margin again. He is He is a heck of a shooter. A really, really impressive performance from him. And we're now joined by fellow FIS staffer, Adam Gotkin. Adam, how are you? Uh, well, you know, I, I just finally got my uh, my car in park, finally done driving in this crazy snow. So I'm doing pretty great right now, to be honest. If I gotta say. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a crazy weather day here in Syracuse. Uh, I was at, Were you at the game time watching as a fan? Where, where were you watching from? Well, I was in uh, I was in uh, our radio studios, uh, you know, working working the broadcast, working the production at WAR. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So, so getting, what was your take on the game? Uh I mean, it, I want to be. I mean, you you know, I'm a pessimistic guy when it comes to this team. 
And look, I, I look at this game and you see an LSU team that, you know, lost to Nichols earlier in the year, lost to Dayton, barely beat, what was it, North Texas, barely beat a, a very bad Wake Forest team. Wake Forest team, but, I should mention, that was picked to finish sixth in the ACC. Syracuse picked to finish 10th. How, I don't know if you've seen how the Demon Deacons have played so far this year, but at the end of the day, this is still a Power 5 team, and, and Syracuse demolished them. I, I mean, what, what a second half from the Orange. What a performance from Drew Demins. I mean, I mean that scoreline is jarring to read. Just when you see you know, Syracuse against an SEC team and see from the scoreline total domination. Yeah, a, a really, really impressive. Uh, you know, usually I, I've said, you know, if Syracuse is only going to have two players in double figures, that's probably not a recipe for success. But if they're combined for over 50 points, then I think it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, Drew Demins with, with a career day, he was he was just out of this world for it felt like you know, massive stretches at a time. And, and you know, when, when Chris Bell makes as many threes as he did tonight, this, this team can be really successful. It's just it's that same type of thing that you've had, you know, a couple other times this season where it's like, oh, well, consistently, is this offense going to be able to do this on an every game basis? And to me, that that's where this game is a start. I, I think Shamanad was a bit of a reset game for this team. Now you have LSU and, you know, you get an easy game up next, but then you get into Georgetown, you got Oregon. Oh, you're just calling Virginia an easy game? Or Virginia, sorry, for, I, I, I forgot about Virginia. You got Virginia, and then and then you got uh, and then you got Cornell after right. that. Right. So uh, Virginia, Virginia is going to be Virginia is going to be really interesting because Chris yeah, was talking about yeah. Virginia is here. Talked with like I, was, I, was, I completely forgot about Virginia. Yeah. I was going to say the start of the ACC is the test. Right. Virginia is your true test now because you know was this just a bad LSU team or, or have they turned it around? Did they figure out some stuff against the bad team in Chaminade and you know put it all to get together against LSU and now this is the orange. Or, you know, was this just one great game against a bad LSU team? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. And if you think about it, you know, Chris Bell talked about it after the game. He said Virginia is going to be more like Tennessee and Gonzaga in terms of the physicality on the defensive end. Something Syracuse definitely struggled with against the Cavaliers and the Bulldogs in those first two games at the Maui Invitational. So it will be a really interesting test. I mean, Judah Mintz, getting him getting to the free throw line and making his free throws in the first half, I think was really, really important when it came to him setting the tone today. Because when he sees those shots going in, then he's freed up. He made a couple threes, one spot-up three, which is new. He made one off the dribble early in the game. And then he's just able to get to the basket at will at the start of the second half, which is his greatest strength. He's drawing fouls. He's finishing at the at the rim. And, and if he gets going, then he's really tough to stop. If he starts out slow, then that negative energy is most likely going to continue. But if you let him get to the line like he did early in this game, I mean, it, 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 he had 20, what, he had, I think, 40, 29 of 45 Syracuse points at one point in the second half. Yeah, well, I, I think that's the perfect thing is the fact that he actually made his free throws because this team has struggled from the line in Maui, and, and now they made the free throws, made the shots, made some three-pointers. When this team can shoot the ball successfully, they're going to be good because they have the athleticism to, to back it up. If they can just shoot the ball, then this team, I'm not going to say that the ceiling is, is, is as high as it gets, but the ceiling can be pretty high for this team if they can make their free throws and shoot it from deep like they did tonight. And, I mean, although I feel like you got it when you talk about this game, also a big, big part of it is how 
horrible LSU was shooting yeah. the ball. Tonight. What were they, two they, for they 22? Like, something like that. Like two for 22 from three wide open threes, too. It wasn't like they were jacking up contested shots. Missing wide open three after wide open three when the game at times in the first half could have gotten kind of close. Could not hit a single shot. So I feel like you know that, that was at the end of the day why this game was such a big difference. I mean, I don't know if, if the talent gap of this uh, between these two teams was you know twenty three points, but it's funny. I mean, do, do you, so, you know, as an avid Ken Palm user, uh, LSU was set around seventieth on Ken Palm, and Syracuse was around one hundred thirtieth coming into this game, which is kind of baffling. Uh, I would expect a, a a pretty big adjustment on those numbers uh, in a little bit. Uh, Adrian Autry, you know, he dished on pretty much every player in the postgame press conference. He actually started with my guy, Quadir Copeland, and his flashy plays, getting to the basket, versatility defensively. He replaced J.J. Starling, who was really the only guy who, who struggled tonight for, for Syracuse. What did you see from Starling and, and, and what, was, what was going on with him? Yeah, I think some of the issues with Starling is some of the issues that we've had all season with him. And first off, it's shooting. I mean, he went 0 for 6 in the field today, and you can't do that. But also, it's just... It feels like when the ball gets in his hands and you're not pushing the pace, it just dies. And and, and this offense just kind of falls apart because he, they don't move the ball well when, when Starling is struggling. I mean, you saw when, at times when he got taken out, they were moving the ball. Like, I haven't seen a Syracuse team move the ball in a long time. <laughs> they were giving up, it felt like, three wide-open threes on a single possession just to finally get that extra pass. And I think that was the difference and something that Kadir Copeland did good today is – you know, this team was passing, and they were passing really, really Adrian well. Adrian Autry, 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 yeah. Autry mentioned that in his, his opening statement in his press conference. I think he said 16 assists on 25 made field goals so or, or something around there. If you're assisting on over 50%, that's a really, really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And the half-court offense has been, my, has been the one place where I really don't trust this team. And, I mean, after this game, I still don't necessarily trust them because – this is one game, this is a small sample size, and you only had two players score for scoring double figures. One of them being Judah Mintz going a career-high 33 points. But if they can move the ball and they can, you know, really whip it around, and this is a team that's not just going to be stagnant in the half court on offense, then we're really talking about something. Then we're talking about a team that can consistently score in the 70s, score in the 80s against these Power 5 opponents because – you know, the, the, the two ranked teams that they played this year, 56 and 57 points, and you're not going to win basketball games if you're only scoring 50, you know, 56, 57 points. you got to be up in the 70s and the 80s if you want a chance. Yeah, and, and the fact that they scored that much is massive. Yeah, and, and Virginia's not a ranked team. Uh, it is going to be a tough environment. Um, but, but Syracuse has played Virginia close, played them you know, single digits both games last year. Uh, one in Charlottesville, one in the Dome. So I, I can't say I'm terribly, you know, worried about them getting blown out. There's a Virginia team that was ranked and then lost by, what, 24 to Wisconsin the other week. Um, it has, has played a lot of games, hasn't, you know, been dominant uh, in its games against power conference opponents. I want to say barely beat Florida. I'm not sure. I'm yeah, not sure how good three. Florida is and if, the SEC is any indication of what we saw tonight. A ranked Mississippi State team lost to Georgia Tech. LSU gets blown out at Syracuse. Uh, I did see Kentucky was putting it on Miami in the second half. Um, but, that, that, I mean, that's a Kentucky team with the number one recruiting class in the country. So, regardless, 
I, it, it, Saturday will be really interesting. Coming into tonight, I said would be really interesting. I now think Saturday gets a little more interesting because you go back. Syracuse has won a lot of these early season conference games. You think about last year against Notre Dame, ekes out a win. Two years ago against Florida State, ekes out a win. Time and time again, they're always playing this game on the road, and they've consistently won it. So how they do this year against what is probably the best opponent they faced in one of these games is really, really interesting. Yeah, and and I think the other big part of that is you're now playing a team that has a truly different pace of play than you. Virginia's going to try and slow the ball down. That's not LSU. LSU is a team that at its best this season is going to be con- consistently pushing the pace. I mean, Mike Williams, their freshman point guard, I think has the potential to be a great player. I mean, it, Syracuse fans were very upset when he did not commit to Syracuse. Syracuse was right in there on his recruitment. I mean, he had, he had six deals in his last game, and Today, I think, just two points. And that was the thing. You know, Syracuse and LSU played the same style, and Syracuse dominated that way. Now, when you go at UVA, a team that's really going to slow it down. This is this is a very similar UVA team to, to years past. They haven't really changed much. I mean, they just played West Virginia, and, and the final score is 56-54. Right. So, you know, when you are in that slow-paced environment and you're forced to play half-court basketball – How's the offense going to look? Are they going to be able to move the ball fast? Because, you know, if we're in the spot where this offense is stagnant and they're not able to, to force turnovers, then you can like was a, a couple years ago where you, you score like 30 points. We're going to find, we're so, gonna so find I, out. I do think it's really yeah, We're going to find out. The Oregon game will be really interesting as well because, you know, this was, you know, one of Syracuse's really two last non-conference tests against legitimate opponents not to discount georgetown but georgetown is lost at home to holy cross they're not very good um oregon is a top 40 ken palm team at the moment and i you know i talk about ken palm a lot it's pretty reliable uh i guess it was a little misleading with the lsu uh ranking coming into tonight but uh, and now the oregon game on a neutral site will be will be, will be fascinating and uh, i'm keen to see how syracuse performs in a virginia adam any final thoughts before we sign off yeah i mean i think the virginia game really could be the key to a lot this year because you know even if you lose to Oregon, if you beat Virginia and you win the rest of the games like you should, you should absolutely beat Georgetown this year. Even if you lose to Oregon, you're a nine-win team going into the heart of ACC play, and you know you you have a real chance and you have a real resume with a couple decent wins and a couple you know, not so bad losses to say to the the committee. Hey, you know even if you only finish fifth, sixth in the ACC play. Yeah, if you're Syracuse, you're saying, you know, we're a team that actually can make it in as an at-large. Oh, definitely. So definitely. Game, it's just the committee does value U- non-conference wins, though. Yeah, and it, they do. And, and I think that's why this LSU game helps. But you know, my worry is is you lose to Virginia and then, you know, you beat Cornell, but maybe then they, they lose to Georgetown and they lose to Oregon. And, and, and you know, it kind of all falls apart there, which is why I think, you know, I think if this team beats UVA, then that's proving that, that, that they're legit. I, yeah. I don't think this this win does much, but if you if you go on the road and, and yes, beating UVA, beating UVA or Oregon would go a long way. Beating UVA or Oregon, but but I, yeah, I think one of those early season December big wins would be massive for this team in the long run, and I think it all starts on Saturday. I mean, I think Saturday, in terms of how does this season end up, 
might be one of the most important, if not the most important game. Because so far, everything has gone exactly how we expected. Yeah. Now is when we really have questionable games. Yeah, that's a great point. Adam Gotkin, thank you so much for joining us on the Fizz Instant Reactions here at Syracuse Takes Down LSU 80-57. to Thank you to all of you who tuned in for Adrian Autry. For the players, postgame, we'll be doing that after basically every Syracuse home game and select road games this season. So thank you for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. We'll be back at it next Tuesday against Cornell right here in the JMA Wireless Room. But be sure to follow us on on X at Orange Fizz and check out our website as well, theorangefizz.com. Obviously, basketball not the only news. Fran Brown, the new head coach of Syracuse football, 31st in program history. It's an exciting time to be a Syracuse fan, and we've got it all covered for you here at Orange Fizz. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.